You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Well, we're going to jump back into the series that we started last week, uh, the series that we've entitled Out of the Dark. It's based on the new book by Pastor Chris Hodges called Out of the Cave. And for the next few weeks, we're going to be having a, a talk about what I believe is really one of the most important topics we could address in this season of life that we're all living in. And that is, we're talking about mental and emotional health. And so I want to remind you that uh, we have some resources available for you on our website. If you go to our homepage and you scroll down where you see Out of the Dark series, uh, there's a link there where you can get Pastor Chris's book. Um, You can sign up to get plugged into a life group. We have life groups, groups of people who are meeting online and in person all around Westchester and Connecticut. The best way to get the most out of this series is to get into a group and talk about it with other people who are on the same spiritual journey with you. Uh, You can get in touch with our prayer team if you need prayer. Uh, We can even recommend... uh, a Christian therapist or counselor for you if you're in need of that. So take advantage of those resources on our website. Well, I just want to encourage you today, no matter where you find yourself in terms of emotional or mental health, we're all at a different place in, in this journey. I have good news for you, and that is that Jesus Christ came to give us freedom, to set us free. Come on, it's the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen. And so we're believing that for you. We're believing for God to do a work in our lives. I know so many people responded so strongly to the message last week. And we're just believing for God to do a healing work in all of our lives and meet us wherever we are right now in life. And so today we're going to continue the the story of the prophet Elijah. If you remember last week, we looked at his story. Elijah was one of the greatest prophets in all the Bible. He was someone who loved God. He was a great miracle worker. He experienced the, the faithfulness and the power of God in his life. And yet... He was a human being, and he still struggled with depression. In fact, let me just remind you the context of his life. Uh, During the life of Elijah, Israel was ruled by a wicked king named Ahab and an even more wicked queen whose name you might recognize, Jezebel. And part of the reason why they were so wicked is on their watch during their reign, they had allowed idol worship to become prevalent, so much so that the vast majority of the people of Israel had forgotten about the one true God. And so Elijah has this showdown in, in 1 Kings chapter 18. We're going to be in chapter 19 in just a moment. He has this showdown with 850 false prophets. And he has this amazing victory. They're all put to the sword. It's like this emotional and spiritual high. Pay attention to this. He's coming off an emotional and spiritual high when he receives a threat from Queen Jezebel. This is like you or me getting a negative comment on social media. Come on, somebody. And, and, he, and he becomes fearful for his life. She basically threatens his life. He becomes fearful. He runs away out into the wilderness and prays this prayer, basically like, God, I'm done. I'm exhausted. Take my life. Like, I, I give up. I think we've all felt that way before. And he spirals into depression. Now, last week, we talked about five things that contributed to Elijah ending up in what we might call the cave of depression. That's the metaphor that we're using in this series. This week, we're going to talk about five steps that we can take to get out of the dark and into the light. Come on, the good news today is that you can take a step. The good news is you don't have to be powerless. The good news is with the help of the Holy Spirit, with the wisdom of God, we can take some steps today toward emotional and mental health. And so I want to invite you to take some notes today. 
Um, Take out your phones. If you have the Redemption app, there's a spot where you can take notes every week. But let's pick the story back up in 1 Kings chapter 19. Let's look at verses 5 through 8. It says, Then he, Elijah, laid down under the bush and fell asleep. This is after he's run away, after he's fearful for his life, after he's exhausted, he wants to give up. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals in a jar of water. Come on, that's my kind of angel. He shows up and just starts cooking fresh meal here. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. We're talking about five steps that we can take to to step into the light and out of the darkness. Here's the first one. Are you ready? Number one is step into physical restoration. Come on, somebody say physical restoration. We could all use a little bit of this one. Step into physical restoration. What's interesting is when the angel appears to Elijah, he doesn't focus on his spiritual needs first. What does he do? He focuses on Elijah's physical needs, his need for, to eat and to rest. The angel doesn't say, Elijah, wake up, it's time to pray. The angel doesn't say, Elijah, wake up, it's time to read your Bible. Now, don't get me wrong. We know how important that is, right? We know that man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. But notice that here, the the angel focuses on Elijah's physical needs. What's the point? Well, here's the point. You are a holistic being made in the image of God. You have a body. You have a soul, which is your mind and your emotions. You have a spirit, which is the spiritual aspect of you. And sometimes we try to treat a physical need in our bodies with a spiritual cure. Are you with me? Now, don't get me wrong. We do that. We make the mistake vice versa as well sometimes too. Sometimes the need is spiritual, but, but sometimes we, we get this wrong. We try to, try to treat a physical need in our bodies with something spiritual. I don't understand why I can't get a breakthrough. I don't understand why I feel this way. The devil's attacking me. No, no, no. You just haven't taken care of yourself and you've run yourself into the ground. That's, that's the problem sometimes. Sometimes you just need some physical restoration, like you need a vacation, you need a day off, you need some rest, you need a good meal and a walk on the beach, can I get an amen somebody? You need some rest, you need some rest. You know, last summer we were in the stress of trying to regather our church, you know, in the midst of this pandemic and for those of you who don't know, our church met in the AMC Theater here in Porchester for five years, and the theater had very strict you know, um, capacity limits, and, and I was working with a real estate agent to try to find a place. We hadn't found 181 just yet, and, and uh, we were waiting for an answer from the Carver Center, who, God bless them, they took us in for a year, but you know, it was taking a long time for them to get back to us. And you know, It was easy for me as a lead pastor to feel stressed and overwhelmed and depressed and thank God we put so much work into this church, and now we don't even know where to meet and what's going to happen. And you know what we did, the most wise thing we did in the middle of all that is we took a break from trying to figure it all out and we went to the beach. We got a hotel on Long Island and for a couple days we just forgot about it and we put it in God's hands. And would you know that when we got back from that trip to the beach is when we got the answer that we could meet at Carver Center? Come on, we just need to get away and get some spiritual and some physical rest. Just unplug. And let me just tell you this. If you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. How many of you know that's true? Somebody else will. If you don't get control of your life, somebody else will. Everybody has an agenda for you. Your boss has an agenda for you. Your friends have an agenda for you. Your family has an agenda for you. Your iPhone Siri has an agenda for you. Your your calendar has an agenda for you. If you don't get control of it, someone else will. 
I think about Simone Biles, right, the amazing Olympic gymnastic, you know, champion who, who shocked the world this past summer at the Tokyo Olympics when she took herself out of the, the women's all-around gymnastics team competition to focus on her mental health. Now, we all had an agenda for Simone Biles, didn't we? No, Simone, you're supposed to win gold medals. Like, we're all cheering for you. We can't wait to see you. But she understood that if she didn't take control of her life, then somebody else was going to. And I think it shocked the world, but it helped us to kind of wake up and realize, hey, we've got to prioritize. It's my responsibility to prioritize my physical rest. Sometimes we need a physical restoration. Now, we're going to come back next week, and Amy and I are actually going to take a whole Sunday to talk about this one, okay? So more of this to come next week. You'll have to come back and hear that message. So let's pick it back up. Elijah travels to Horeb, the mountain of God. And then look at what happens next. Let's pick this back up, 1 Kings 19, verses 9 through 12. It says, there he went into a cave And spent the night. There's the cave. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Look at verse 11. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. By the way, that is the first mention of the band Earth, Wind, and Fire in Scripture. I'm just saying, if you're paying attention. But notice this, and after the fire came, a gentle whisper, a gentle whisper. Here's step number two that we can all take. Number two, you need to step into a God encounter. Come on, we're talking about stepping out of darkness and into the light. We're talking about some things that we can do with the help of God to not just be paralyzed in in, in darkness and in emotional and in mental unhealth, but to step into the light. Number two, somebody here, you need to step into a God encounter. So Elijah goes to a place where historically people went to meet with God. Horeb, which is another name for Mount Sinai. If you remember Mount Sinai, that's the place where Moses met with God, where he got the Ten Commandments. So he's in a place where people, the people of God have gone to meet meet with God. And that's exactly what happens. The Lord tells Elijah to go and stand on the mountain and get ready for an encounter. And then Elijah experiences a great wind, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. And then God, then, then Elijah experiences an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And then he experiences a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. And how does God's presence come to Elijah? It comes in a gentle whisper. You know, we often look for God in the dynamic, but God is often in the intimate. Come on, we often look for God to show up in our life in the big ways. I'm going to go to church and God's going to do something dramatic in my life. I'm going to have the great miracle, the great encounter with God. And sometimes he does that. And thank God for those moments. But oftentimes, God wants to meet us in a a whisper. Oftentimes, he would rather whisper into our lives in the still place, in the quiet place. Do you ever wonder sometimes when you're overwhelmed by life, by the circumstances of life, by the noise in your life, all of the voices, all of the commotion, even the voice of the enemy shouting at you. Do you ever wonder sometimes, God, why can't I hear your voice more clearly? You ever feel that way? There's so many other voices, even the voice of condemnation and the voice of the enemy. Like, don't you just wish, like, sometimes, like, God, I wish you, I could, I could hear your voice in the midst of all this. And so here's the question. Why, why is it that God often speaks to us in, in a whisper? Well, have you ever noticed that in order to hear somebody, when they're whispering, you have to get close to them? Come on, you got to get close to someone to hear 
a whisper. Come on, God whispers to you because he's close to you. Come on, the scripture says he's, he's the God who's close to the brokenhearted. So sometimes even when we can't feel him, like we sang before, he's right there. He's as close as a heartbeat. The apostle Paul said it's in him that we live and we move and we have our being. He's as close as your next breath, but you got to tune your, your ears into his voice. If you're going to encounter God's presence, you have to learn to quiet your soul. And I wonder sometimes if God isn't trying to get through to us, and we wonder why we can't hear his voice, and we wonder why we're struggling to know his will and his purpose for our life, and he's trying to get through to us, but he can't because of all of the noise and the commotion. He can't even get on your Google calendar because it's so jam-packed. He can't even get a whisper into your ear because your ear is so full of every voice in the world. I'm telling you, church, if you want to hear the voice of God, you got to learn to still your soul. Here's what... Here's what the psalmist says in Psalms 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I'm God and you are not. Be still. You know, a couple weeks ago, I mentioned this. I was, uh, I was in Montana for a pastor's retreat. And uh, what I love about Montana is it's a quiet place. First of all, there's nobody who lives there <laughs> in the population. Land. There's no people. You know, there's squirrels and fish and bears, but hey, there's no people. It's a quiet place. And, and half the time when I'm there, I can't even get a a signal on my phone, it's, and it's wonderful. <laughs> Nobody can get through to me. No texts, no phone calls, no Siri, no alerts, no nothing. And I'm just kind of off, off the grid, and, and I just, I, I still my soul. I'm able, to, I'm able to rest. And, you know, it's interesting when I was out there a few weeks ago, you know, the first day I got there and I did some fly fishing, and if you've ever done fly fishing, it's just restful. You just kind of cast them back and forth. If you catch something, great. If you don't catch something, great. Either way, like the world is a happy place. You're just chilling, right? It's wonderful. It's total opposite of New York. It's just peace and quiet. And so, uh, you know, on the first day, I just stilled my soul. And here's the thing. I didn't go out there looking for a specific word from God. I went out there just to rest. There was nothing like weighing heavily on my heart. But on the second day, I was floating down the river on a pontoon boat when the Lord just dropped a word so clearly in my heart. And the purpose of that isn't even to share the word that he gave me that day, but it surprised me. But here's, here's the point. When I stilled myself, when I quieted my soul, when I quieted my mind, I was better, to, better able to hear the voice of God. I was better able to hear his voice, and it surprised me that I wasn't even looking for God to speak to me. And he spoke so clearly into my heart because I quieted my life down. And so some of you might say, okay, Pastor Mir, how do I have a God encounter? Like, that's really new to me. Like, how do I, you know, how do I invite his presence into my life? Well, first of all, you got to learn to get still. You got to learn to create some silence in your life. You got to find some time in your routine. I would recommend in the morning to quiet your soul. And the second thing I would encourage you to do is, is begin to worship. Put some worship music on. Uh, that, that's a great way to invite the presence of God into your life. Get still and begin to worship. The scripture says that God inhabits the praises of his people. If you're looking for God, he can be found at the intersection of praise and worship. Come on. If you can't find him, begin worshiping and he'll find you. So you got to learn to do this. You got to learn to do this. Sometimes when your mind is troubled, the best thing that you could do is put on some worship and invite the presence of God into your life. Come on, I did that yesterday. If Amy was here, she'd be, she would tell you, Saturday I woke up yesterday, I had so many things on my mind, I was getting pulled in so many different directions. I had church work, I had a wedding, I had yard work, I had my kid, you know, just all kind of stuff going on. And I just woke up with all that on my mind, and I was like, I need to go put my AirPods on and just listen to some worship music. And that's what I did. And Amy's like, yeah, you need to go do that. Go ahead. Just go put your AirPods on and get out of my face. <laughs> It'll change your life. It'll change your day. 
Come on, church. Some of us were struggling with negative thoughts and, and with depression. And you need to have a God encounter. You need to get into the presence of the living God who knows how to breathe some life into you like no one else. We're talking about some steps we can take today. Let's, let's keep going in our story. 1 Kings 19, verses 13 through 14. Let's look at what happens next. When Elijah heard it, when he heard that, that still, small voice, the whisper of God, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice, then the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, I want you to notice Elijah gives the same answer that he gave before. Elijah's ruminating. You guys remember this last week where we're kind of replaying our problems over and over in our mind again, but they're not getting any better. We're not getting any more peace. We're only getting more stressed out. Tell me if you don't recognize Elijah ruminating here. He, he's like a broken record. Here's Elijah. I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword, and I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Like your version of this is, I've been grinding and working hard and paying bills. My boss is driving me crazy. My kids are driving me crazy. My spouse is driving me crazy. And these people keep trying to get in touch with me to tell me that my car warranty expired. <laughs> Come on, somebody. They won't leave you alone. They're going to find you some kind of way to let you know your car warranty has expired and we can do something about that. <laughs> we'll set you up on a monthly plan. <laughs> right? Like, man, life is just driving me crazy. So here's Elijah, the mighty man of God, the mighty miracle worker. And because of this threat that he's received from, from Jezebel, he's not himself anymore. Like, he's, he's spiraling here. He's lost his confidence, and he's forgotten who he is. He's forgotten who he is. And so here's the next step, number three. Sometimes you got to step into your true identity. you got to step into your true identity identity. I want you to notice that the scripture says that Elijah heard God's, after Elijah heard God's still small voice, after he heard the whisper of God, he pulled his cloak over his face. He pulled the cloak over his face. Now, what does your face represent? This isn't a trick question, right? It represents your identity. It's the most unique thing about you. If you go to the airport before you get on a plane and you give them your ID, they hold it up and they look at your face to ID you. This represents the fact that Elijah had, had lost his, his identity. So Elijah receives this threat on his life from Jezebel, and it causes him to, to literally lose himself. And do you know what happens, church? This is what happens to us. This is what happens to us. We have, we have voices that come into our lives. Sometimes we, we allow voices to come into our lives. It could be the voice of criticism. It could be something that, that a coworker or a supervisor said to you at work. It could be a negative comment on social media. It, it could be a voice that's been in, in your head, in your heart, hurtful words that were spoken from the past. Isn't it amazing how sometimes 20 years later, we can still remember a hurtful word that was spoken over us by someone, and it's right there. And sometimes we allow those voices to come into our lives and we end up believing those voices rather than the truth of who God says we are. And we got to reclaim our true identity. Let me tell you this, a lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. Can I say that to you again? A lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. If you swallow a lie, it'll affect you just as if it were true. And we have all kind of voices, all kind of voices around us that are trying to define us. Sometimes this is a voice in your own head as you compare yourself to other people and you feel like you don't measure up. 
But can I just say that the only one qualified to define you is the one who created you. And what does God say about you? He says you're loved, you're forgiven, you're redeemed, you're set free, you're healed, you're a child of God, you're a son, you're a daughter. That's who he says you are. That's who he says you are. You know, I'm so thankful for pastors and friends that I have in my life who can remind me of my true identity when I lose it. Come on, I'm not bulletproof. I'm a human being just like you. I'm so thankful that I have other pastors in my life that I can get on the phone with who remind me of my true identity when I'm hurt, when, when I'm disappointed, when I'm lost in my own failures, and they can speak life back into me. They can remind me of who I truly am, who, what my calling is, like who God made me to be, and they can speak that back over my life. Come on, get you some friends who can remind you of who you are. Get some voices around you who can speak purpose and life over you. There are so many negative voices out there. Come on, there's so many negative voices out there. And let me just say, that's why if you come to this church, we're going to build you up every Sunday. We're going to remind you of who you are in Jesus Christ. We're going to tell you you're loved. We're going to tell you you have a purpose. We're going to tell you that God has a plan for your life. If you're looking for a church to beat you up, to tell you you're going to hell and you're condemned every Sunday, you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place. Because the good news is we can all opt out of hell because Jesus came to make a way for us. Amen? And so this is a church where we're going to build you up. We're going to pour out the grace of God over your life because there's enough negative vibes out there to kill all of us. And this is going to be a life-giving church every Sunday morning. We've got to remember who we are in Christ. Come on, some of you are in a dark place right now because of what was said about you or what happened to you. But in Christ, that no longer has to define you. Come on, I want to help you today. In Christ, that no longer has to define you. Whoever's in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. It's time for you to step into your identity. What God wants to do in your life is a work of freedom. It's time to tune out those negative voices. It's time to tune out the haters and tune your ears into the voice of God over your life who reminds you of who you are in him. Step into your true identity, church. Step into who God made you to be. Now, let's look at how God responds to Elijah. Notice he doesn't even address Elijah's complaints. You, you got to love this. Here's Elijah. He's stuck. He's a broken record. He's saying the same thing over again, and God doesn't even get into all that. Come on, God, God knows how to fix you when you don't even know how to fix yourself. Here's what he says in 1 Kings 19, 15 through 16. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshai king over Israel. And anoint Elijah son of Shaphat to succeed you as prophet. In other words, here's what God says. Elijah, I've got work for you to do. Elijah, get back to work. Come on, there's a calling on your life. I've got work that I've called you to do. Go back to the way you came and get back to work. Here's the fourth thing to help us get out of the dark, a step that we can take. Number four is this, step into a new assignment. Step into a new assignment. What are we talking about here? We're talking about purpose. Step into your purpose. God was saying to Elijah, it's time for you to get up out of this cave and take a step back into your purpose. You're anointed. You're a prophet. I got stuff for you to do, and I need you to get back on it. You've had some rest. You've had some sleep. We've had a little pep talk now. Now it's time to go back to work. Step into a new assignment. Do you know even secular psychology will tell you that there's nothing more powerful than a meaningful project, than meaningful work in, in your life? And what's even better is to live with a sense of God-given purpose as a follower of Jesus Christ. And so notice this in verse 15. The Lord says to him, go back 
to the way you came. Go back the way you came. I have a new assignment for you. Elijah, I have fresh and new purpose for your life in this season. Can I just, just share something with you guys today? You know, back when COVID first hit and, and church was on lockdown and everything was shut down and the world was kind of spinning out of control, you know, as a pastor, it hit us really hard as, as lead pastors because here we are responsible for, you know, all of these people and this church and we can't meet and, and we knew what the needs were. I mean, you know, single moms in our church and people who got, you know, laid off uh, or furloughed and, and we knew that unemployment benefits hadn't kicked in yet and we knew the need was very real in places like Port Chester uh, where, where, you know, the places where people worked were, were shut down and there was so much need all around us. And then, of course, we were concerned as pastors, like, how's our church going to do? Are we going to make it? or the finances going to be there for us to operate. It was so easy for me to kind of get knocked off of, of my purpose during, during that season. But, but we went to work, and, and, and here's the beautiful thing. It's really to brag on all of you, the generosity of our church, because instead of us having a situation where we couldn't pay the bills and we couldn't take care of people, people began to open their hearts in their wallets, and people began to say, Pastor, what can we do to help somebody? And we would get texts saying, Pastor, here's an extra $2,000. Can you get it to someone in need? And we would take it and get it and turn right back around and give it to a family in need. And every day, we would sit at the table, and we would send grocery gift cards to people. And, and Pastor Dave came on staff, and we started getting out and feeding our hungry neighbors and, and just making a difference every week. And I would sometimes sit at the table just weeping over the generosity of, of this church to, to touch people. Come on, we didn't barely survive. We did more than that, about $30,000 came in and went right out in one month to meet needs and touch people's lives. And, and, and here's the whole point, church. Here's, here's what the Lord showed me during that time. Here's what the Lord showed me during that time. Here I am kind of freaked out and overwhelmed and worried, but God took me back. He took me back to the first year when I moved to Westchester, when I was living here by faith. And for the first time, as a husband, as a father, as a provider, I wasn't quite sure if I could provide for my own family. And here's what God showed me. He said, this is why I brought you to Westchester. I brought you to Westchester for such a time as this. Come on, to work through you. There's a purpose on your life. There's a calling on your life. Come on, I got outside of myself really quick when God started to remind me and show me, this is why I brought you here. This is why you're doing what you're doing with your life because all of these people around you need you. And now I'm working through you. Now I'm working through this church to touch more people than you ever thought you, that, that, that I could ever do that through your life. I want you to get this. Come on, here's what the scripture says. Proverbs 29 verse 18 where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Come on, church, we languish without a sense of purpose, without vision. We die, we languish. You gotta have something worth living for. Last week, we talked about Dr. Viktor Frankl, and uh, he was a, a Jewish psychiatrist from Austria who lived during World War II, during the Holocaust, and lost most of his family, spent time and survived Auschwitz. And here's what he said. He said, people have enough to live by, but nothing to live for. They have the means, but no meaning. Come on, this is the man who, who helped all of these people who were traumatized by the Holocaust. He helped them get healed and get whole. He said, people have, have enough to live by, but nothing to live for. They have the means, but, but no meaning. Man, doesn't that just describe life? Life all around us, life in this culture, in Westchester, Connecticut, all around us, right? Come on, I want you to know this today. Often when we're struggling with depression, it's so easy to become self-absorbed with, with our problems. 
But that's why we got to reconnect to things that, that help get us outside of ourselves, like serving someone else. It's counterintuitive. It's so counterintuitive because when we're, when we're kind of stuck in the funk of depression, and you should be caring for yourself. You should be doing the other things we talked about. You should take a vacation. You should get some, some rest. But sometimes you got to do something that gets you outside of yourself, like serving someone else. And that's the secret sauce of the dream team around here. That's why we have all these beautiful people serving because they're blessed and blessing others. The Apostle Paul talked about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now, let me set this up here. Here's Paul, okay, the Apostle Paul, who understood real persecution. This is a man who was beaten, who was lashed, who was stoned. Not that kind of stoned, like with rocks. They, like, yeah, they, he, <laughs> he got stoned with like rocks. He was left out on the open sea. Like, this is a man who understood real persecution to suffer for Jesus. Some of y'all are just getting that. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, here's what he said. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I love this verse 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Come on, Paul says I have a bigger purpose than my problems. I got a bigger purpose than, than my problems. Come on, what's unseen is more important than these light and momentary troubles that I'm experiencing. God's working through my life. I have an assignment. I have a purpose. Some of you might say, well, Pastor Jeremy, don't you have, don't you have problems? You know, you're up there telling us all what to do. Isn't your life perfect? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got problems. I've got, I've got challenges. I got to take care of my own soul and shepherd your souls. Like, I, I have enough to do. I have enough challenges. I got three boys who create all kinds of unique challenges. It's all the boys we can handle at the Ziegler house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've got problems, but here's the deal. I got a purpose that's bigger than my problems. Come on, I got a purpose that's bigger than my problems. And I'm so thankful for the times when God reminds me of that. Church, I want to help you today. If you want to get out of that funk, you got to get something worth living for that's bigger than yourself. I said this last week, but you know, I went through a season of depression Back in 2014, the first year we moved here was the hardest year of my life. I left everything I knew. I took the greatest financial leap I've ever taken in my life. When we showed up in Westchester, there was nobody here to welcome us. None of these people were here. Dream Team wasn't here. Hardest thing I ever did. And I went into a depression. I went into depression. And it's for all the reasons that we're talking about here. I got isolated. I wasn't coping in healthy ways. And, but can I tell you, the number one thing that got me out of that funk was taking on a new assignment was going up to the AMC Theater on March 29, 2015 and launching this church and never looking back. That was the best thing for me, stepping into my purpose. It was what literally brought healing to my life. Some of you, you got to reclaim your purpose. Come on, look for opportunities. You say, Pastor Mary, what do I, how do I do that? Look for opportunities to serve someone else. Get in the dream team here at church. If you haven't done it yet, it'll bless you. you gotta, you got to reclaim your God-given purpose, which is usually about serving someone else. Now, here's the last step. Look at verse 19. It says, So Elijah went from there and found Elisha. This is the other prophet, Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12 pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around Elijah. He threw his cloak around him. Here's the, here's the, the fifth one. The fifth step is this step into relational strength. Step into relational strength. This is so important. From here, on, from here on out, Elijah never walked alone by himself again. He was never al alone again. He had Elijah by his side. Come on, church, let me just tell you, you weren't meant to do this by yourself. You weren't meant to do this alone. You, you don't have to tell everybody your secrets, but you got to tell somebody. 
Come on, we all need somebody. I said I have other pastors in my life, right? I can't dump my, my secrets on you. I have to shepherd you, but you better believe I have other pastors in my life that I can dump my stuff on, who can pray for me, who can help me, who can speak life into me. We all, we all need somebody. Do you know the research is pointing more and more to the fact that our isolation as a culture is one of the leading causes to our depression because we were not meant to do life alone like so many of us are doing it. And so we got to step into relational strength. Get into a life group. Get on the website today. Get on the app today. Get signed up. Get connected with a life group. Do this series. Do this study with a group of people uh, who, who can become church family today, who can pray for you, who can encourage you. Whatever you do, don't, don't do life alone. Don't do life alone. Step into relational strength. Come on, church. I want to help you today. I came to encourage you today. We don't have to be completely stuck in the dark. Sometimes it feels that way. It feels overwhelming. The lie of the enemy is that you're stuck and there's nothing you can do out of it. You're in this cave. You're never going to get out. No, no, no. Here's what I want you to know today. You are not powerless. You are not powerless. I came to church today to tell you that with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can take a step toward healing. You can take a step toward freedom. You can take a step toward the light. Come on. And we're going to do this together, amen? We're going to do this together as a church. We're going to cheer each other on. We're praying for each other, believing for God to do a work of freedom in your life. So let's prioritize rest and care for ourselves so that we're physically restored. Come on, today is Sunday. Today is the, the Sabbath. Go home and get a nap and eat a good meal. Can I prescribe that for you today? Go home and get a, and get a good meal and get a nap. Get some sleep, okay? Learn to listen and to still our spirit so we can... Hear God's voice. Get into the presence of God. Have, a, have an encounter with him. Embrace your true identity. Let go of anything else that's trying to, to define you. Let's embrace fresh purpose in this season of life. Let's find meaning. Let's find something that's bigger than ourselves. And let's do it in life-giving relationships together. And I'm really believing that as we take those steps, God's going to do a new work in your life. Amen? Come on, how many of you believe that with me this morning? Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray into it. Would you pray with me? Just stand with me. Church online, just stay locked in with us as we pray together right now in this moment. I don't know where you're at in your journey. I don't know where you're at in your emotional or mental health. We're all in different places today. But come on, I believe God wants to do a new work in your life today. And so would you just pray with me? Would you bow your heads today? Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. God, we thank you that you will give us wisdom. You said if we asked for wisdom, you would give it to us. God, you'll give us wisdom to know what steps we need to take today. God, we thank you that you'll give us strength to take whatever steps we need to take. In our weakness, you're made strong. And so, Lord, we look to you today to help us to take those steps toward healing today. Father, I bless your people today. Bless your people today. I pray that they would encounter your presence. Step into the God-given purpose that you have over their lives. In Jesus' name. And now I want to pray for that person today who you would say, I want to be close to God. Pastor Jeremy, I want to, I want to know God's presence like you described. How does that, how does that even work? Because I feel so, so far from him. And something today would tug on your heart. Something today tugs on your heart. And you'd say, I want to know God that way. We believe that is the gentle tug of a loving God who's drawing you to his son by his spirit. And it simply starts with you saying, yes. God, I respond, yes. I feel you tugging on my heart today. If that's you, would you just pray with me and say yes to Jesus. Jesus, pray this with me. Jesus, I give you my yes. Come on, for the first time today, for the hundredth time today, Jesus, I give you my yes. I place my faith in you. I believe you are the son of God, that you lived for me, that you died for me, that you resurrected for me. 
and I turn from my sins and I turn to you today as my Savior. I place my faith in you. In Jesus' name, Father, I bless every person who prayed that prayer today. God, I thank you for the witness of your spirit that testifies to their spirit that they're born again today. Never the same, sons and daughters of God. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Would somebody help me celebrate people making that commitment today, people coming home today, amen? Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.